I'm Jim Cameron, Jim Cameron Consulting, broadcasting from the Fountainhead, the home of Synergy Billing, and I'm your host for Volusia Matters, news, interviews, and matters that impact Volusia County directly or indirectly. And now for the news. Florida Department of Transportation is in the process of transferring ownership of SunRail to the Central Florida Commuter Rail Commission. And with the final stop in the land due to open in August 2024, the 61-mile transit system will be complete. While the actual handoff date has yet to be determined, local partners, Orlando, Osceola, Orange, Seminole, and Volusia County, they want a gradual conversion before they assume full operations. Last year, SunRail's costs were eh, about $76 million, with revenues totaling about $40 million. So, those five local entities will then assume the SunRail deficits. But Volusia's rep on the Commuter Rail Commission, Jeff Brower, he also wants a longer phase-in before financial responsibility is assumed. While the Commuter Rail Commission oversees SunRail's budget, ridership, and possible future expansion, the transit system links will oversee the train's daily operations. Now, Volusia County's financial staff, Ryan Oskowski and Aaron Van Cleek, have been briefing county council members over the last several months on budget plans for when they assume their portion of SunRail. Next item, at their November 15th meeting, Daytona Beach City Commission and Daytona Tortugas signed a new lease making Jackie Robinson Ballpark the club's home field for the next 20 years. Under the agreement, the city will spend $17 million for upgrades to the ballpark over the next two years. That'll be LED lights and new team clubhouses, offices, workout rooms, concessions, and plaza areas. Owner Bob Fregoli and others attended the meeting to thank the city for their support. Now, the Daytona Tortugas is a single A affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds and is a member of the Florida State Minor League Ball System. And Jackie Robinson Ballpark is also home to Bethune-Cookman's baseball team. Next item, Volusia County has begun accepting applications to financially assist property owners with repairs and reimbursements due to damage from Tropical Storm Ian. Now, this is part of that $329 million HUD grant intended to help strengthen the county from the impacts of future storms and to address needs that haven't yet been met by other sources. Now, to get help through the program, applicants need to meet income eligibility requirements, and homeowners seeking recovery program funds can apply at the county's local libraries. And for more information, go to volusia.org. Next item, 
Upon council approval, City of Port Orange will be increasing water and sewer rates as well as impact fees beginning April the 1st. Now, Mayor Don Burnett said it will be a gradually phased in program over the next couple of years with average rate increase being three to five dollars a month. Now, Port Orange also provides water to Daytona Beach Shores, Ponce Inlet, and parts of unincorporated Volusia County, and they'll see the same type rate increase. Now, the city is also planning to incrementally increase fire, transportation, as well as parks and rec impact fees over the next four years, and that'll start in March. Now, under state law, impact fees can only increase every five years, and based on legislation, these impact fees are limited to no more than 50% of the current fees. Next item, Volusia Teacher of the Year winner will be announced at a banquet on Sunday, January 21st, 2024, and the finalists include Tanner Norville, Seabreeze High School, Karen King, Ormond Beach Middle School, Emily Fagerstrom, Champions Elementary, Amy Dempsey, DeLand High School, and Gina Walker from George Marks Elementary. And the winner of Volusia's Teacher of the Year will be nominated for the State Teacher of the Year Award later next year. And speaking of schools, don't forget that Schools Technical Coordinating Committee meeting Thursday, November the 30th, 3 p.m. at the District's Facility Services Building, 3750 on Olson Drive, Daytona Beach. And this meeting will also be accessible via Microsoft Teams online. And on a quick note, after 42 years in Tallahassee and Washington, legendary lobbyist Robert Coker will retire next month. Coker was U.S. Sugar's Senior Vice President of Public Affairs, and I always remember him as far back as the 1980s as one of the go-to in-the-know lobbyists in Tallahassee. Wish you the best in your retirement, Robert. And next item, I had the opportunity to interview Daytona Beach Police Chief and a good friend, Jakari Young. Okay, today we have with us Daytona Beach Police Chief Jakari Young. Jakari, glad to have you with us today. I'm glad to be here, Jim. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, okay. Let's jump right into it, though. Uh, this past weekend, we had Turkey Rod Run. How did that event go? So this year, the crowd was a little bit rowdy. Um, it wasn't the, mm. the usual crowd. Uh, the turkey rod run hasn't been a problem for us. Uh, in the 22 years that I've been here, it's an event that's really a non-event for us other than the traffic. Uh, but this year, we had an influx of lifted trucks. We probably had about 300 or 400 lifted trucks that also came into town along with the hot rods. So uh, they did what they do. You know, they take parking lots and they sit and they hang out and, 
you know, it wasn't a huge issue. We just had to do our best to keep them moving along. We had some issues with drag racing, mm. um, and that's something that we're going to have to address moving forward. So uh, moving forward, like for next year, for example, I'm going to probably have to end up mandating officers so that we can make sure that we have uh, appropriate staffing to address any issues that come up. So I commend the officers that worked this past weekend because to be honest, they, it kind of caught us off guard a little bit because we've never had those issues before with the turkey rod. But for whatever mm. reason, this year they were a little bit more rowdy, more burnouts, more drag racing, um, and we just kind of had to keep them moving. So we want to make sure we have enough resources moving forward to, uh, to effectively manage everything in the name of public safety. Well, you mentioned trucks. Are we getting that truck event back, do you think? Well, Jim, um, it seems like they come every year at the same time. It's an unsanctioned event, so it's not a city-sponsored event, which means they can show up any time uh, because it's not against the law for people to come into the city. So we just do our best to monitor it on social media mm -hmm. and make sure we try to get ahead of it and you know coordinate with the sheriff's office and you know, we, we do share resources and make sure, you know, if we need to enact a special event zone for not just that event, but any event that's a takeover style event or an unsanctioned event, um, just to kind of help us leverage our resources in order to, uh, you know, deal with whatever, you know, activity that they decide to partake in once they reach our city limits. You just mentioned social media. I mean, so is that part of it? You have to monitor social media, the, the websites? Social media runs up? the world nowadays. Everything starts on social media. Everything ends on social uh. media. So if you're not monitoring social media, you're always going to be way behind the game because that, that is how people nowadays make plans. They post it on social media, the who, what, when, where, why, and they go from there. So yes, we have to consistently be monitoring social media. But the trick is there's different platforms. So some, some platforms they may use, we may not be as familiar with as the main ones. So um, thank God there's technology now to where we can kind of uh, consolidate the technology and just kind of look at what's out there and do our best to gauge it and respond to it. Kind of like that dark web that they, that, that they talk about, I guess, from time to time. Just, yeah. Well, dark web is more like illegal activity. This yeah. is just folks that, you know, they decide, hey, let's all go and invade Daytona Beach this weekend. Mm. Um, and people respond to it. They like it. They comment on it. They make plans. And they show up. <laughs> you mentioned also that y'all work with the, uh, what, y'all work with the Sheriff's Department and other departments, I guess, around the county on joint-type programs? Yeah, I mean, um, probably not as often as we should, uh, but, you know, the Sheriff's Office has the beach now, and we're a beach city, so with them being right there on the sand and us being on the hardtop, it's to our benefit to work together, especially if we're talking about a major event or an unsanctioned event uh, in town, because, you know, there's power in numbers, so, you know, the more the merrier, and it, it's all about public safety, so. Okay, okay. Well, and Jakari, as you well know, my wife and I, we are big, big fans of On Patrol Live, and I'm really 
appreciate you know the job that your guys are doing out there, your folks are doing out there, because uh, it, it shows some of the situations that they have to put up with here out there on the streets. Though, how is that going with On Patrol Live? So it has done wonders for us as far as recruitment. I got a class of twenty uh-huh. new recruits, uh-huh. and a lot of them are from other areas of the state or the country. And about 12 out of the 20 said that the show was the draw. Like, why did you choose to come here to work? And they referenced the show. So the show has done wonders for us with regards to recruitment. But, you know, there's good and bad in everything. Um, So the, the downside of the show is, you know, if people see something on the show that they don't like, you know, it spurs a bunch of public records requests because that's the world that we live in nowadays. The mm. world, you know, everybody wants to see full body camera footage. They want to see this. They want to see that. Um, you know, and then if you know they don't like an officer, you know, they're they're going to tell them about it. They're going to find their email. They're going to do things. So, you know, sometimes that is a detractor for the officers because they don't want that aggravation because the job is tough enough. Yeah, as it is, and then you have folks that you know. Everybody has a right to voice their opinion, and we're so accessible now because of the show that, you know, my inbox will fill up sometimes if they see something on the show that they don't like. So, but you have to take the good with the bad, and I think the good far outweighs the bad as it pertains to the show. I think so, too. I think so, too. Also, as far as recruitment, I know the state has been reaching out to other states. Florida has been reaching out to try to recruit more veteran police officers that are leaving other states. Have you had any come here to Daytona Beach? Yep, we have a few veterans that are part of our recruitment team. And a few times a year, they actually go to various bases throughout the state and they tell their story. Hey, I was you. I was, you know, an active member of the Army, the Marines, the Navy, the Air Force, the Coast Guard, the National Guard. And they go back to base and they tell their story and they say, this is why I chose Daytona Beach Police Department. This is how I made my transition from the military to law enforcement. I wanted to continue to serve. So, you know, law enforcement being the honorable and noble profession that it is, it's a good segue for our veterans to segue from military to now paramilitary organization in law enforcement. So we actually have a a good handful of military veterans that are now full-time officers, mm-hmm. and we send them back to their bases to recruit more military veterans. Wow. Okay. Any closing comments you'd like to share with us? Um, well, I want to wish all the listeners a happy holiday season, and I appreciate all the listeners for their support of the Daytona Beach Police Department. The men and women of this city have a very tough job because they could have probably gone to any other municipal agency around us and would not have to deal with the events and the volume of calls that they deal with here in Daytona Beach. So the support from the community here is awesome and is greatly appreciated. We're just trying to close out November for whatever reason. November is always a uh, seems to be a violent month in the city, mm. uh, but we've done better this year. This year, uh, there's been an uptick in domestic Uh, type violence like I had to speak on a homicide that we had last week and it's probably the most horrific 
that I've seen in my 22 years. Uh, but it's domestic related, you know, and that's yeah. been the big trend that we're seeing is these domestic uh, incidents of aggravated battery and in worst cases, homicide. So I'm just asking all the officers to be vigilant and respond in twos to anyone's residence, especially when we know ahead of time that it's domestic related. Sometimes it's just tis the season. This is the season for uh, you know, depression and, and it just, it picks up around this time of year. So, um, you know, again, we just appreciate the support of the community and, um, you know, Merry Christmas. Y'all keep up the good work. Thank you for what you do. Thank you. And to finish up, look for a new podcast episode to be released next week. And the views expressed on this podcast may or may not necessarily express the opinions of Jim Cameron Consulting. And for more news, check out my newsletter, which is being emailed next week. And if you're not receiving it, call me at 566-2140, and my $1,000 guarantee still stands. And don't forget that December to Remember at Riverfront Esplanade. This started last Saturday night and will run through January the 1st. Parking available on Beach Street. And there'll be numerous community events, including Santa sightings and other events on the lawn. And there'll be over 1 million lights throughout Riverfront Esplanade. So come see it. And with that, you might also want to check out the schedule of local Christmas parades over the next few weeks. So you can find those in News Journal, Hometown News, Ormond Observer, and West Volusia Beacon for date and times. This is Jim Cameron signing off saying, God bless and roll tide.